This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to read Psalm 112, verse 4. Remember, we are still talking about seasons, right? We will soon have our seat. Let's read. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Hallelujah. Turning darkness to life. Part 2. We spoke about the prophetic word, right? Or prophetic encounter. Do you remember? Then we spoke about submitting yourself to the dealings of God. That when God wants to achieve something in you, it's not going to let you go until that thing is achieved. Get the message of second service. We explained that all wilderness experiences are to learn something. He humbled and fed it with manna. Deuteronomy chapter 8, that he might let you know that man does not live by bread alone. He just wanted them to get to know that he was their source. When you know what you are supposed to know, wilderness we end. For truth is light, and it ends darkness. Alright? Then we spoke about Nebuchadnezzar. And both in verse 17 and verse 25 of Daniel chapter 4. Until you know that the most high rules upon the affairs of men. You will remain an animal until you know. We don't intend to keep you in this state. But you are going to be in this state until you recognize. So every wilderness experience. There is something that you need to know. That's the first thing. To turn darkness to life. You need to know something. Responsible for the darkness. What? God wants you to know in that state. He doesn't break darkness. But in the midst of it, there is a lesson. There is something. Then number two, a prophetic word. Isaiah 32, 15. Until the spirit is poured on us from an eye, and wilderness is turned to a fruitful field. Can I have your see? God bless you. So wherever there is an outpouring of the spirit, a touch of the spirit, wilderness will become a fruitful land. Whatever you call wilderness can become a fruitful land all of a sudden. But those two things must happen. Yeah. Number one, a touch of the spirit. And then number two, understanding the reason why you are in the wilderness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even the master Lord Jesus. The Bible said that he was driven by the spirit. Matthew chapter 4. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And as soon as the temptation ended, angels ministered him and he came back to town. There is a reason for wilderness. It must be known. It must be known. Hallelujah. There is no season, especially the wrong ones that cannot end. And I said, the key thing here is decision. Maybe next we talk about, of course we don't want that, but for as a warning, Good seasons also can come to an end quickly. If certain decisions are made, and then first and second, we're able to establish that God's plan is that you have, have, there will be challenges, but it shouldn't create a dark moment in your life. That's why the sun will no longer be your light by day. Because the sun fluctuates. And God said, I'll be your light, and I don't fluctuate. Hallelujah. So we looked at all that, I just want to add two more things this service. So where we read in that psalm, the Bible talks about the fact that, let's read it again, Psalm 112 verse 4. So, in other words, there are steps that a Christian can take and that can lead you to an end of a season and the beginning of another season. Unto the upright, unto the upright, there arises a light out of darkness. Why? He is gracious. We will come back to that. Isaiah 58 verse 10. So there are steps that a believer can take. If you draw your soul out to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, 
Then shall thy light rise in obscurity. Remember, we keep this scripture and I just don't move it. I'm going to quote. But the Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And the Bible says, he that goeth forth weeping, he only needs to do something, burning precious seed. Even though he's weeping, if he can find a seed, the Bible says he will come back doubtless. What is the seed? These are the seeds. He must be gracious. Now the Bible says that a man that helps those who are hungry, let me see. What I want to establish this part is very simple. Generosity, kindness, and a lifestyle of praise are two legs on which a new season, a season of blessing, they stand. They will cause the season of light to come. They will also sustain a season of, a season of light. So when you enter into light and you don't want darkness anymore, keep these two things. Now, to come out of darkness also, these are these the same two things that you have to keep among so many others. But these two are extremely crucial and important. One is thanksgiving. The other one is act of kindness, which I call seed sowing. Sowing an act of kindness. That's what the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Let's look at this one after the other. These two things. Hallelujah. Now, just look at the way Isaiah puts it. If you draw your soul, he said, then, 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 at that moment, your light will break out of obscurity. The light has been around. Something has been obscuring it. The shining you are believing God for, the rising. The Bible said that the light is there, but it's been obscured. And that there is a step you can take, and whatever is obscuring the light is taken away. Remember Psalm 112 verse 4 again. Go back there and see the common ground here again. Listen. This is very important. Unto the upright, there arises a light out of darkness. Why? He is gracious, full of compassion. Go back to the others, the, the next one where we, uh, Isaiah 58 verse 10. If you draw your soul to the hungry, if, in other words, if you are compassionate, listen. Among everything we are told to pray for, forgive our trespasses is linked to something as we forgive those in a season of darkness anything could have been responsible in darkness you need light if you wait for God to show you everything that has to do while you are there it might take forever all you need is mercy and when you want mercy sow a seed of mercy blessed are the merciful what will happen to them Forgive our trespasses out. If you are always letting people fall count against them, you are hostile, you are tough, you are calling, be calling for a season of darkness. These are the things that people do in prosperity and darkness. I establish first and second service. God's plan. Now, by the way, the Holy Spirit told me at the back, many of you, you have testimonies, but you don't always share your testimony. There is a reason why we share it. It encourages and blesses. It's part of service. It's not a ceremonial obligation. I'm asking everybody. Many people walk up to me and share amazing testimony, but they don't, that's why we don't need to come and write it and send it to them. Please, it's part of what I'm saying now. You see, I'm going to show you one day. Under the law, they were told that when they appeared before God, God told that all male children must pay. Must pay for being alive. They must pay. Jesus is not asking for that. But there is a principle behind that that God appreciates you being grateful. Yeah. In Deuteronomy 28, he said, Because you serve not the Lord thy God with gladness, therefore the heaven over you. That's to the people of the old covenant. But we can learn something from there. Why is thanksgiving very important to God? It is not God's plan that you have a testimony in January and the next one is in September. Believe me, he said that is the life of many Christians. Number one, when people are lifted, Big, I, I I don't know. You see, this is this is. There was an award they were giving. They said, "Washington is a Christian," and he told, uh, "What's the name of the guy that slapped somebody, Will Smith?" That at your highest level, Satan comes for you. Be careful. When people break into lights, 
the devil will see to it that they make a decision that will cut that moment of pressing short. It's always in two things. Not being grateful and being self-conscious. You begin to attribute it to yourself. Believers don't say with our mouth. But the reason why you judge others and feel better than somebody is that you think that thy hands have hand where you are. So you blame others. Call them on serious. Call them names. And after a while, the moment vanishes. If you are lifted and you lift nobody, that lifting will not last. Period. God does not plan that. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Why do we have testimony once in six months? Jesus never said that ask for yearly bread. Our Father was in heaven. Give us this day our daily. Daily. The Bible says God daily loads up with benefits. All his benefits are daily. Why are we experiencing in trinkles and once in a while? Yeah. When the light comes, so you're supposed to stay. Because I am your everlasting light. But it's in these two things. Mm. Kindness. Mercy. Mercy, always. The generosity of a saint is a non-negotiable kingdom topic, of course. Joseph did not notice that those prisoners were not happy. Learn to look away from yourself and help other people. It's a major principle. The Lord gave them a guarantee that Isaiah 58. If you help the hungry, if you help the homeless, he said your light will break out of obscurity. That nothing can obscure your light if that is part of your life. You see, when Daniel began to announce to King Nebuchadnezzar, what will happen to him now? You will soon become an animal. Then he said that this like, it is a set judgment from God. He said, but I know God a little, sir. Can I counsel you? I don't know what verse there. Daniel started telling the king that, you see, start giving to the poor. Something can happen to this judgment if you do this. Bad vibes beefs coming from people can never affect a man who is standing on these two things. Generosity and unusual thanksgiving. And thanksgiving also involves part of giving offering. But I'm not going into that today. But I'm just explaining to you. There is something about any breakthrough you experience, any profit, any salary, anything. Personally, I believe that this is the whole idea behind that. The debate going on I don't understand why I should even give God 10% in the first place. I owe my life to God. So I will receive money, buy clothes, buy things, and God is the one I will debate. I won't debate my landlord every other thing. I do not believe Christians should pay tithes. I believe we should give. Payment means you have been forced to do something. God doesn't force anything on anybody. We give out of love. It's not payments. So I have never used the word pay tithes. I give. Abraham did not pay, he gave. It was other the Old Testament they were told to pay. God told them to pay. Because the law was, law was hard. You must obey. And God was doing that for a reason, because mercy was coming after the law. If you don't understand the law, you can never truly appreciate mercy. I get what I'm saying. Yes. So I have never said that heaven will close against somebody. People say all that because they want people to take it seriously, but are you that away from God that they have to threaten you to do something for God? And that's what people do. I consider it an insult for me to receive 500,000. All I want to give away is 50,000. That's an insult. That's ridiculous. So I send money to my parents, give, and when it comes to God, we begin to debate whether it should be given or not. No. Joyfully, believers, in fact, the life of a Christian should be that on a money, money base, you ask God what He wants you to give. But when you ask people to do that, some. <laughs> God won't tell them anything. <laughs> Are you with me? But anyway, <laughs> glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? So it is very easy if you go by person because it tells you to plan. That's where I see it. <laughs> it's about a major debate always every now and then. So people just think that God wants to steal their money or church wants to take the money from them. 
And they are not wanting that. Since the day you've been keeping it, how come the churches have not been broke? If you are in a place where you don't trust them, you have no business there. But you cannot be a true member of any church and not be a giver in that church. That's just the gospel truth. Anyway, but that's not my... Are you following me today? Praise the Lord. These two things. Thanksgiving. So, if you... Let me find that verse where Daniel was advising the king. Daniel 4.27. Give me verse 27. Look at what... He said, wherefore, O king. He had given the judgment that said, King, God has said he's turning into an animal. He said, but can I just advise you, sir? Let thy, my counsel be assembled. He said, break up thy sins by righteousness and thy iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. It may be the lengthening of thy tranquility. Your peace and prosperity will last. He says, sir, if you start showing mercy to the poor. I have studied an average Christian and the way they treat their maid at home. And they go into prayer. And they go into mountain. And they do seven days dry. I got born again on that scripture, you know. Nobody was talking on mountains then and God was answering all our prayers. When you see people using acrobatics to bribe God, it shows that they are so far from him that they must yell, shout, break their head. You are not a prophet or bow. Don't cut yourself for God to hear you. There can be a traveling prayer instigated by the spirits. But all this noise in the flesh and over there on the mountain, there is resentment, anger. I have seen this thing over and over again. They're feeling fasting and they are talking about somebody, backbiting somebody. Is there a church where people don't gossip? These are the things that we do and they made the light to be very far. Merciless. You don't give people second chance to rate them and conclude on them. Ordinary not greeting me. You will not even wait to find out when I did not even see you. But then we start running our mouth. This issue of mercy. We are very merciless to one another in the body of Christ. Yes. Just put on your phone and say, as soon as a pastor preaches a message, another pastor is ready to counter him. What is wrong with us? God was pointing them to mercy. That it will cause your light to break out of darkness. Mercy. 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 Yes. Being able to cover people's nakedness. Not after exposing them, you now call for prayer. Let's be praying for them. What's the verse, Otto? You know she's pregnant. You know her husband is a beast. If I second command to Satan. Now I'm telling you so that we can pray for them. You throw that in to make it look nice. Showing mercy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did you get what I've just said now? This is the this is the scripture. He said he can end the dark 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 a season of darkness, showing mercy. And there are many other scriptures along this line. Oh God. But there is a second one, which I want to end with, and that is Thanksgiving. Listen to me. When a man is going down, or a woman, and there's a period of darkness, what is happening? The grave is calling for you. Whether sickness or poverty, they end it the same way. The grave is calling. A life that is meaningless. But there is a secret to getting out of grave. Ezekiah the king gave us a part of it. Jonah did when he began to pray Jonah 2. Let's read Ezekiah's prayer. And I will show you something from there. Isaiah 38. I'm actually going to verse 18, but let's start from around verse 16. When Ezekiah began to pray. Isaiah told Ezekiah that put your house in order, you shall die. He said, Oh Lord, by this man live. In all these things, life, spirit, he was praying. Verse 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. Thou hast called all my sins behind thy back. Verse 18. For grave cannot praise you. If you 
Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot owe for your truth. I want to tell you something about this. Psalm 6 verse 5. 6 verse 5. When you do that, then come back to this scripture. Psalm 6 verse 5. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give you thanks? Psalm 31 verse 17. Psalm 31 verse 17. Psalm, Psalm 31 verse 17, please. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord. I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. See, grave is a spiritual state. Physically, they're talking about where people are buried. And this message will bless many. What I'm sharing with you. Talk about where people will be buried physically. You see in the Bible, it's called by different names. Grave, Sheol, this one. And it means many things. I told you before. Under the earth, there are five compartments. You have what they call the pits. You have what they call Tetaros. You have what they call hell, hellfire. Hellfire is not lake of fire. Nobody's in lake of fire yet. Even hell itself will be thrown to lake of fire. Revelation, that's what the Bible says. Under the ground, you also have what used to be Abraham's bosom, which is no more. You have hell. You have pits. Then you have prison. The lowest part of the earth. That's where the most terrible demons are kept. Jude chapter 1. Angels that left not their former, kept not their former estate are bound in chains. Reserved unto the day of judgment. Those ones are on ground. They are down, down there. May they not come alive when we are here. So God has bound them. They are there. Bible talks about that in Jude chapter 1. So not all demons are not, are not and there are more demons in the people than those on the face of the earth. Pity is different from prison. Down, down the lowest part of the earth, that's where Jude 1 says, the angels that disobey. The one that came down to sleep, women, Genesis chapter 6, they are bound there in chains, reserved unto the day of judgment. They will not come. And one of them is Apollyon, that the Bible says in the book of Revelation, that lose the angel who are in the river, Epritus, and they came to the earth. I feel sorry for men who will remain after rapture. Because these guys are coming out and woe unto the hearts. The angel looked at them and they said that, uh, they said, they overcame, said, Rejoice, O heaven, for the accuser of thy brethren, who accused them before God, Revelation 12 7, has been thrown to the earth. He said, Woe unto inhabitants, for the Satan has come to in great wrath, knowing that his time is short. When this guy come out of the abyss, out of the pits, out of uh, uh, all those places, the prison, which is called Tartarus, where they are, I feel sorry for planet Earth. It shall happen. In a twinkle of eye, the trumpet shall sound. And we shall be caught up. We'll meet in the air. And we shall be with the Lord. Until we come down for 1,000 millennial reign. Till that time, those who are on earth, that same year of tribulation, I feel sorry. These guys will come. But that's not what we are looking at today. <laughs> you know, you preach to people, they insult you. No problem. It will look like everything is normal. But the Lord shall descend with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God. And then, count him. Anyway, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The day will come like a thief in the night. That means everything will look normal. iPhone, Samsung, walk up. Everything look normal. Suddenly, Hallelujah. Anyway. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him before the end of service. Not that you go to church. You know in your heart. Salvation is so simple that if it's not, you will know. Why not just make it right? Why do you want to walk out again and continue? In a state of not being sure whether you are saved or you are not. I didn't plan at the beginning of this service to make contact, but now it's coming to me. You know, so last night as I was sleeping, this dream came to me. I saw me lost in us. I, I don't remember very fond of this. The Savior suddenly shook his head, and this part I heard him say, Sorry, I never knew you. Go and serve the one you serve on the earth. When is your turn to stand at the judgment seat of Christ? 
Christians will not go through the white throne judgment, but we are coming to the judgment seat of Christ. Heaven is by grace as we have accepted Jesus. Reward is by faithfulness in heaven. So there will be small boys in heaven. Oh, when the saints marching in, oh, when the saints marching in, oh, Lord, I want to be in the number. Are you following me? But let me just end this way. Grave. So we just read those scriptures now. But you will notice something very common. It says, shall the dead praise you? Grave is a silent place. It's a place of mourning. It's a place of no singing. But pick two to represent all the attributes of grave. It's a silent place and it's a place of sorrow. No singing. Now, this is what happens. Jesus spoke a parable. Maybe that's Luke 14, I'm, I'm not sure. Of a wedding. And everybody had wedding gown. But there was a man there with that wedding gown. And the owner of the wedding asked them to throw away the man. You understand? Yes. If somebody comes here now and he lifts up his hand and he begins to home like a, Buddha, a, a, a monk in Buddha, a, a Buddha monk who will remove him out of this place. If you are having a celebration and somebody comes who is a mad person and is not consistent what you are doing, his attitude, you remove him. When a Christian is in a state that looks like a grave around you, a desert, a grave, the Bible has told you what to do that in a grave nobody sings when you start singing grave will vomit you it will tell the grave that this guy does not belong here what I shared with you in a simple way is a profound the second thing which is part of thanksgiving is that a grave is a silent place if you lift up your voice to begin to thank God and begin to confess the future the grave will vomit you now Jonah was in the belly of the fish. He understood the principle from the belly. Jonah chapter 2. Are you following me? You can come out of any situation because the grave does not tolerate singing. When a man appears to be jubilant, to be jubilating and be celebrating, grave will declare to all the parties involved, this one does not belong to this place. Grave and praise are incompatible. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God out of the belly of the fish. He could have been there sorrowing. And you know what? As I look at Christians, this is what people do. They are there and they are sorrowing. This, the devil is packaging you for a grave and you are helping him by sorrowing. That is the language of the grave. He says, welcome, you are one of us. There is a language. There is an attitude consistent with the grave. It sucks you the more when you sound like the grave. They mourn there. They are silent there. When you become quiet, your mouth can never give God praise and you complain and mourn. You are cooperating with the grave. Jonah could have just said, okay, I'm in the belly of the field. Oh, what is going on there? But look at what he started saying. Verse 2. I cried by the reason of my affliction. He heard me. He was still there. And he was saying, God heard me. Thanksgiving. Thou hearing my voice. Verse 3. For he said, I went back to the, he said, he, he mentioned the fact that the old, the, the flood compassed me about all the billows and thy way passed over me. Verse 4. I said, I'm cast out of thy side. Yet I will look towards thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The dead close around me. The weights wrap around about my head. Verse 6. I went down to the bottom of the mountain. The earth with a bars were about me forever. See, there are bars. When the apostle dies, he has crossed the bar and it is sealed behind him. When we pray for the dead and they come back to life, you are commanding that bar to open. The name of Jesus goes from heaven down to the 
lowest part of the earth. He is recognized as a master. So even in his name, death will open the gates. Hallelujah. He said, but you have brought my life again. Verse 7. When my soul fainted with, I remember the Lord. My prayer came into his holy time. Next verse. They that observe line vanity forsake their own mercy. Verse 8, verse 9. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay my vow. Another day I will talk about the power of a vow. But that's not today. All that Anna said that ended her barrenness, if you give me a child, I will give him to you. What is it about vow? But that's not for today. Next verse. And the Lord spoke unto the fish and he vomited Jonah. Sincerely speaking, a season can change so rapidly that everybody around you will be wondering what is going on in your life. Within three months, you are many times ahead of where you used to be. And no mortal man can explain your rising. These are the secrets. Thanksgiving. Grave will hate you and stay away from you if you are never the silent type and you never let money come out of your mouth. You don't belong there. Praising God constantly. Giving him thanks. Giving him adoration. And then number two, showing mercy to people. Mercy. You see, if you are in a season that is not very pleasant and you rejoice with those who are in a pleasant season, you will enter their season. That's why the Bible said that rejoice with those who rejoice. Yes. You are asking God for a child. You are always at every name in helping them to carry and to do things. That is part of the art of showing mercy. You are trusting God for a life partner. You cooperate with the grave. If any of your friends is in a relationship and you are among the people by talking behind, don't mind, the guy is not a good guy that I want to. It's none of your business at that point of your life. And this is what people do. I want the service before. The Lord is guiding your own atmosphere. The Lord might tell that it's not for time for you to travel. Don't start by saying that about Martin, everybody traveling. I don't know what they are going to see outside the country. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are the see naturally. One of the things that God wants to teach mortal men is to learn to give praise to God for what's happening in somebody else's life. But what we do many times is to find a way to say something about it because he's paining you. I learned that mortal men will easily admit to fornication than envy. Nobody has ever, I have never seen a pastor who has said that I'm criticizing that person because I'm envious of him. It's always the Lord told me to correct him. I don't believe what they are saying. And most territorialism, all those, they are, they are rooted in envy and jealousy. Yes, that's where they are rooted. It is when somebody writes that you want to analyze what is going on. Beef. Yes. <laughs> I end this way. I don't mean to. I'm not a, a fan of this or that or anything. I'm just wondering why the governor that will speak against a fellow is this person from his states. I know you know what I'm talking about. This thing is, it, 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 and that's how it works. In Numbers 18, or number 16, the sons of Korah that stood against Moses were fellow Levites. There were 12 tribes. People from other tribes did not write, except Abraham was from Ruben. But the main guy, Korah, was from Levi. Fellow guy from Moses' place. Somehow, it's like the rising of some people, they intimidate us. When I saw what a governor said, I just said to myself, even if you don't agree, must you talk? Beef. Yeah. How dangerous is this? When the Philistine came for Samson on Rock Eta, he said, his brethren came, he said, you promised me that you will not kill me. He was telling his brethren. He said, just tie me and hand me over to the Philistine. When the Philistines saw him bound, they roared. 
and the anointing came upon him. The thing became like flagellous, and he dealt with them. But he told his own brother, he said, his anointing was against the Philistine, but it was defenseless against his brother. Nobody can kill you more than your own people. Yes. Of course, Pastor Abelia said that it's because God is behind you. It is true. All the armors of God listed in Ephesians chapter 6, they are all at the front. So what is at your back? God is at your back. But if a wrong person gets there, there's no armor there. So as you are a champion, taking spear and chesting them, somebody can just use dagger from behind. Brethren, when you form an inner carcass, watch out for people that are there. It is true. Let us be merciful. What about your gate man? What about to your maid? There are some if anybody ever lives in your house, you make them feel sorry for living with you. You are harsh, you are hard. One that I sat with a lady in UK, I told me it's quite common over there. Anybody that lives with them, they made, I mean, she was just telling me, her own aunt, she went to hell. Every time she heard something, there was, it, it was as if she was eating the woman's liver. Oh, to, but she God bless her and she moved. To what? Why this hostility? Why? Why? Anyone who is a generous man, generous woman, and a woman of praise and thanksgiving, not only that you are singing, you are grateful for life. Do you know some people do appreciate that they are alive? You are angry every day. You don't, you have even forgotten that in the first place you are alive. I love my nation, not because everything is fine. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive. When you dress up in the morning, all the things God has given you, the only thing you focus on is what is not working. Is someone blessed this morning? Let's rise. Watch out for those who are always rejoicing in truth. It comes from their heart and who are always very generous. Watch their life. It goes like this. If anything stands away at all, it doesn't stand for too long. God values these two things. Yes. Hallelujah. Why do people have serious issues in marriage? Most people who are angry with their spouses cannot count more than two things or three that he or she is not doing well. But she's the mother of your children. She takes care of them. She fixes the home. Your wife does almost everything. The only thing she made was, okay, she spoke wrongly to your cousin or to your auntie. Is that the only one you want to hold on to? Yes, women trash talk. All women, forgive me, but that's the truth. But the question is, yeah, you can iron that out of the book. You shouldn't have told that. But do you want to take that and carry it on your head? I have never seen anybody who sat before me to complain about their marriage who listed more than four things that the person is doing wrongly. But if I ask you to list all the good things, why do we look at this side of life? Do you know people have left churches because a sermon they did not agree with? The pastor had preached 600 sermons that they were jotting and enjoying. As they were jotting, he just said, oh. <laughs> I know they go again. Imagine this beautiful choir. You've rehearsed for, for years and one particular rehearsal, somebody said something to you. And that is the only one you chose to remember. Say, I'm leaving. And then they ask you about that church, that's what you tell them. They are so rude. They said this. You don't talk about the days that you were wearing white sneaker. <laughs> like angel. <laughs> Why do we remember? Men and brethren, when you walk out of this place, begin to show mercy. 
mercy does not is what all of us can show without you don't have to be a rich man to show mercy you can lift up somebody falling you can sit down with somebody sorrowing and begin to speak with them you can help people yes you are a young lady you are not married once in a while you can go to a couple's house during weekend and help them do one or two things oh she's your friend she's married Yes, if you stay there for too long, there might be some, uh, you might start fighting. But you can just go there a short time. Two, three hours, stay with them, help them do things and depart. You two don't stay there. <laughs> don't stay there forever. You can do that. Don't use all your weekend when you are free that it's all about yourself. You are trusting your friend. Why don't you just go help somebody? Oh, your friend, you went to school together, but now she's married, she has a kid. How about just stopping by? Just look at those children and just help them. The Lord does not forget. The Lord does not forget those who do this. Mercy. And then thanksgiving. Can you do praise service every day by yourself? Even if it's five minutes. That you wake up and you sit at the edge of your bed. Your first contemplation while waking up is that I'm among the living. What a privilege. What a privilege. It is very easy for me to catch myself. One day I was uh, at the airport in uh, Houston. And I think I was going to... Uh, um, I was going to Massachusetts, Boston. And I sat down there. And they were delaying the flight from like 11 in the morning. By 4 were there. Honestly, I was angry. But I just asked myself that, ah, that was many, many years ago, when I first started, many years ago. I just sat down and I said, come to think of it. Because I saw one senator, I said, I'm sitting down with whites. When I was very small, I dreamt of traveling around the world. Now it's happening, yeah, this is not Nigeria airport, it's America airport. We have been delayed, yes, it's not good, but I'm going to enjoy it. And I went to buy a drink. I was enjoying the moment. You see, whether you enjoy or not, the moment will be moment. Yeah. If they delay you somewhere, your anger will not burn enough and become fuel and carry you. You are still going to be there anyway. Why don't you accept that now that I'm here, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to dance and praise him. It does not matter what comes my way. You, it's a decision that no matter what, I'm going to just be happy. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know there are people you want to go and give someone a piece of your mind tomorrow and you lose your appetite today? What a life. You are tossing to and fro on your bed because somebody that you want to rake for tomorrow and the almighty God is one that your life is even in my hand. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. People who have died in this country, they didn't know they would die. I believe that Nigeria will be just specially by God. And if you are a leader watching me, I'm not political, but that is the plain truth. If you are leading and people are dying there and there, whether state or country, you, you will stand before God. Because if they were in some other nations, they would have still been alive. Many people have died in this nation. Who shouldn't have died? I don't believe God recorded that they, that was their time. Yes. You say nobody can die except his time. Is that really true? Okay, climb fifth floor and jump down. And see whether you will die or not. Does that mean that's your time? <laughs> when some people get up, God will say that. You see, what are you doing there now? <laughs> now, your record shows you should be here in 30 years' time. But you are here now. Because people don't know that God has given us responsibility. It is true. If you happen to be a man of faith, let's say I get to the airport and somebody tells me something is wrong with that aircraft, I'll be a fool to enter. It's not being fearful. It is being a simple common sense. Yeah. Why don't you take it that somebody tell you that is God preserving your life? See, it is not only God when it is angel flapping his wing. Somebody can give you an information that is God passing a message across to you. 
Many people have missed God that way. What they expect is for God to speak in James English. Thou my son. Seest thou and then they believe it's God. Many times as you pray, God answers with ordinary activities going on. Yes. There was no voice that told David to fight Goliath. But who was in charge? The father said, go give to your brother. That was how he met. Some of the things you think are happening just ordinarily. God is behind them. That is what the book of Esther teaches in the Bible. It's the only book in the Bible without the name of God mentioned once. From the beginning to the end. It is God's script. Sometimes God is hiding behind the scene and things are happening. You think it is you. It is, but it is God walking behind the scene. Lord, we give you praise. What a blessing this morning. We worship you. We worship you. I feel, I feel led to say this. Hearing God in marriage does not mean that God will come and say that Folake is the girl. It's Chiwe. Lord, there are three Chiwe. Yes, the short one. <laughs> Somebody can just call your attention to a lady. It might be God answering the prayer of that lady and your own prayer. That she's very beautiful. And you look at her truly. So I say the beauty is magnified. You've been seeing her before. But your friend just said that ah, she's very fine. No? And all of a sudden, she comes alive. <laughs> Reverse was my own case in UI. There was a lady I used to think was very fine. And when I was planning that one, she was a very wonderful Christian. That we asked her out one day from under school and we're riding he had the car riding his car and I showed her I said look at that lady I said this one she's not fine <laughs> and the love died <laughs> I said to myself I said that friend <laughs> yes after I saw her I was, she was in the relationship dead I said she was very fine I said which kind of friend <laughs> but maybe God used that friend so I could meet her be you see God all things work together because Maybe if he didn't say that, because I'm not the type that will say yes and no. I ever from when I was very young, if I ever ask anybody out, I will not, you can go if you want to go, but I will not be the one that will come back tomorrow. I believe it's part of integrity. That's why you should watch your mouth very well. Now, because you've gone to visit a lady, she has made cake for you in an oven. As you're eating the cake, your mouth becomes slippery. You know, uh, this cake is sweet, so your life is sweet, so I love you. And you start talking. Then after, after two months, you look at the shape of her head. Why, why did I ask you? I'll tell them, I'm sorry. Then you create a fight to scatter the whole thing. Say, what happened? Ah, Pastor, she said this. Whereas you stage the fights. Take your time. Take your time to make sure what you are doing. <laughs> oh, I'll be, please sit down. I'll be keeping you standing. I'll ask you to start to pray. <laughs> Oh dear Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Is, is, someone, is someone blessed? You know, one of our senior friends just asked out a later relationship and then he went to serve and he maybe saw final people in NCCF. And then he was looking for an occasion to run away. When they started relationship, the girl had complained about one or two things and the girl said, look, maybe we should pray and be sure we are meant to be together. And then they prayed and then they said they were sure. And relationship went on for two. And they now went to serve. And he met some other people. So he started planning the escape route. When he came by, he called her and he told her that, you see, you remember the time that we said uh, we were not sure? <laughs> the girl said, ah, mistake. <laughs> that we are sure, I'm sure, Mike. <laughs> I know what you are planning. She knew, said, you are planning, you are looking for a soft landing to run away. You are not going anywhere. <laughs> he said, we were... That one was two years since that conversation. We'll be sure for two years after. Let us continue to be sure. And the guy said he paid him. <laughs> but now they are still happily married. He himself said it on his birthday. He said actually he was planning to run away. But the guy said, you're not doing that. <laughs> you are not going anywhere. And today they are still standing. Happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did I just talk to a guy now? Maybe you are planning something. The woman, <laughs> the woman that God has given you is the finest. 
You think others are so fine because you see them from afar. When they come near also and they remove their wig, thou shalt see. Let's rise. I'm not saying women are not beautiful without their wig. After all, there are women not wearing wig. I just said that you will see. So, <laughs> have you ever asked men who cheat with very? They cheat even though they are married with to very beautiful women. See, it's not about what you see; it's about what you have decided to see. That's the truth. Yes. No matter how beautiful you think a lady is, when she come, comes close enough, you will notice that there are no angels on that. Beauty is only in the eye of the beholder. So you better stick to your decision and be happy. Are you that you are wondering whether somebody is fine or not? You yourself, as a man, you're not fine. I counseled a couple there in another church. I did marry her, so they came to me from their church. And the man was always talking about the woman that you are. And look at this woman, she doesn't have weight. No weight. But the guy said that I, a woman that is, he said, when, when, I, when we're about to get married, I told her she must stay trim and everything. All of a sudden, I just look at who was talking. Pot belly. So, so as a pastor, you know, it's in great trouble. Asha was talking to them. The next day, they're going to see me. The, he had provoked the girl. She took out God and said, Pastor, you know what also? When we're dating also, I told him that I would like six pack. I said, good. <laughs> I was very happy. So I told the man. So they got to me and she told him, you know what? I'm going to continue to lose weight, no problem. But you too, I want to see six packs. <laughs> if there's no six pack, there's no sleep. Just... So he, he rushed to me and he was saying, she's rude. I said, but she said the truth. So you think she's the only one that should be watching what she's eating, working on herself. You, you are beginning to have bald head, pot belly, and you are flabby. And you are the one making demands. You too, change. Then he saw Peter. He saw that. See, you, you can't just be criticizing your wife that she's not this, she's not that, she's not this. When she said yes to you, were you bald-headed? See your shape of your head now. Your ear running back, and you are making demand. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.